If you have any questions about the book, or you want me to read something, or you want a shout out, or if you just want to contact me, you can email me at moonthenightwing12 at gmail.com. The email will be in the description. Now back to the book. Hello and welcome back to my podcast. Today we're reading Chapter 11 of Wings of Fire, The Dark Secret. The blanket was ripped off Starflight's head with such force that he tumbled onto the floor. His head spun for a moment, but his first thought that he was glad he'd hidden the dream visitor well that night before. Up, Marcia snarled. His breath was fiercely awful this morning. At least, Starflight assumed it was morning, although the sky was barely lighter than it had been the night before. Flame and Orchard stood suddenly behind the giant Nightwing, glaring at Starflight. He hoped they had had to spend the night in the dungeon. Fate Speaker came bounding over to join them, followed more slowly by Viper and Squid. All around the dormitory, the Nightwing Dragonettes were poking their heads out of their blankets, watching. Fierce Teeth looked openly envious. Smoke rose from her snout and her tail twitched angrily. Marcia didn't even look at the other Nightwing Dragonettes. Let's go, he ordered, his tail nearly knocking over stuff. His tail nearly knocked Starflight over as he turned and swept out of the room. Where are we going? Fade Speaker asked cheerfully. She seemed to have recovered from the news that either she or Starflight were slated for death. Let's see if it's worth spending any more time on you, said Marcier. Certain dragons think we should lock you all up until we sort out our rain ring problem. But I think you need as much training as possible, starting as soon as possible. So, today, we'll have another test. A test? Starflight echoed. Flapping his wings. On what? We haven't had time to study. Shouldn't we revive the material? Shouldn't we revise the material first? Marcia looked over her shoulder at Starflight. Sometimes it is very hard not to bite you, he growled. Well, that's hardly fair, Starflight thought, but he decided not to say anything else. Usually he was pretty good at tests. Maybe this was finally his chance to earn a place in the prophecy. Especially if it's about history. I read all the history scrolls several times, at least. He noticed that Flame was still glaring at him with resentful orange eyes. Carefully, Starflight maneuvered so that Fate Speakers walking between him and the hostile Skywing Dragonette. The six of them trailed after Marsier, all the way to a roof on the fortress that faced the small island fort. Marsier spread his wings and, and narrowed his eyes at the sky which was dark gray and flickered with faraway lightning. In the distance, a cloud seemed to be pouring. In the distance, a cloud seemed to be pouring down into the ocean. A storm out at sea, Starfight thought. He shuddered, remembering the storm that had nearly flooded the cave in the kingdom of sea. Clay had been chained to the wall, and Glory and Sunny had been so determined not to leave him. If Tsunami hadn't come along for them, they probably would have decided to drown along with Clay. Starfight wasn't sure he'd have been able to do that. He'd been just too scared to say anything, watching the water slowly rising towards them. Stay close to me, Marcier growled. He jabbed Starfight in the neck with one claw. Don't try anything. And then he lifted into the sky without any more explanation or instruction. It took Starfight a moment to figure out that they were leaving the island. Back to the mainland? He leaped into the air, his heart jumping hopefully at the same time. Wait, Squid called, called in a complaining whine, flapping after Marcia. We haven't, had, we haven't even had breakfast yet. 
You're not going to make me fly on an empty stomach, are you? Because I will die. I will literally die. You won't, actually. Not for a while, Starfly informed him. Most dragons can actually survive for up to a month without eating, if necessary, according to a natural history of unnatural dragon abilities. Listen to the scroll worm, Flame said nastily. Isn't he clever? I will never, never, never go a whole month without eating, or Orchard said passionately. Is one of the unnatural abilities being really annoying, Viperat said, asked, because there should be a whole chapter on you and Fate Speaker. You don't even know me, Starfight pointed out. I was just trying to help. I thought it was interesting, Fate Speaker said, and probably useful. The Nightwings keep feeding us that horrible stuff they've been bringing us so far. Oh, I have a theory about that. As they flew over the forest and out across the ocean, Starflight told her about how the Nightwings hunted and his ideas about the bacteria in their mouths. And how he and Facefigger probably didn't have it since they'd grown up eating live or recently killed prey and hadn't developed the bacteria like the Nightwing dragonets on the island would have. Wow, said Facefigger, looking genuinely fascinated. Is this the test? Viper asked. Listen to you for as long as we can without dying of boredom. Nobody's talking to you, Viper, Fate Speaker, I said. Go be grumpy at Squid and leave Starflight alone. Starflight glanced down at the waves rushing below him. The island was disappearing behind him, visibly only as a red glow in the sky. Ahead of them was nothing but sea as far as the distant horizon. He had no idea how Marsir was navigating. There were no landmarks and the sky was still hidden behind the clouds. I should pay attention so I can fly this way if I ever get a chance to escape. Actually, what he should do was trying to escape once they reached the mainland. Just fly away, hide, try to get back to the rainforest. He could not in a million years imagine doing any of that by himself. Maybe with Tsunami and Clay and Glory and Sunny, but alone? It sounded much safer to stay with the Nightwings than hope, and hope someone came to rescue him. Rain began to, began to fall, or rather... They reached the edge of the storm, and Starfight realized that Marsir planned to fly right through it. My wings are getting wet, Squids complained. Boo-hoo, you poor sea-wing, Flame snapped. Starfight wasn't about to say anything loud, but the rain made his wings heavier, and it was much harder to fly. He didn't have the strongest flying muscles anyway. Being raised in the cage meant, meant not much opportunity to practice. He clenched his jaw and flew on. If this was a, the test, he refused to fail. He would fly until his wings gave out, and he would not let anyone see how much it hurt. Think of Sunny. Think about being the dragon you want her to think you are. The sea kept, the sea kept getting closer, which he, he knew meant he was dropping. The rain pelted down harder and harder, battering the scales, making it almost impossible to see Orchard flying just ahead of them. Marsir was a dark blur in the clouds. Starflight hoped they didn't lose him. He hoped Marsir wasn't trying to lose him because it wasn't it wouldn't be too hard in this weather. A bolt of lightning sizzled to the sky, followed instantly by the loudest thunderclap Starflight had ever heard. His whole body shook with the vibrations. I hope we get there soon. I hope we get there soon. He blinked away raindrops and realized with a sickening wrench that the sky ahead of them was empty. Where are the other dragons? For a horrible moment, he was completely lost. 
Then Fate Speaker appeared at his side and nudged his wing. Down there, she shouted over the wind. What looked like a small smudge on the ocean turned out to be a tiny rock island. Marcia and the others were perched there already. Starflight landed awkwardly next to Squid, who had his wings over his head and was muttering angrily. Halfway there, Fedspeaker grinned at him. Only halfway? Starflight's resolution wavered, and he stared down at his claws. He was too exhausted even to ask all the questions brimming inside him. How had the Nightwings found their island if it was this far from the mainland? How often did they go to the mainland, and did they usually use a tunnel to the rainforest or fly over the sea like this? He guessed most of them would choose a tunnel if they, if they could wrap if they could, rather than risk the exhausting flight. Mar Marcier allowed them to rest for a short while. He didn't speak. His dark eyes glowered at all of them, and occasionally he glanced back in the direction of the volcano. All too soon, he gathered himself and said, Let's go. And then they were all flying once again. Rain? Thunder. Aching wings. Raindrops, raindrops filling Starflight's eyes. Nightling blazing too, lightning blazed too close to his tail. Off to his left, Squid was complaining loudly, but no one could hear him over the storm, or, or else no one had the energy to respond. Starfight was starting to think that drowning wouldn't be such a bad way to go after all, and he, when he saw Marcier tilting his wings and beginning to sail down. Land had appeared in front of them quite suddenly. Starfight hadn't been able to see it through the clouds and the rain. Now he saw a coast lined with jagged cliffs, steep, steep and rocky, plunging straight into the sea. Behind them jutted the sharp peaks like dragon's teeth. Some of them tipped with snow, extend, extending in the relentless line across the island, across the horizon. The claws of the clouds mountains. His heart sank. He hoped they were near the southern coast and the rainforest, but this had to be Pyro's north, northern edge, where the sky wings ruled, too close to Queen Scarlet's palace, too far for him to fly back to his friends. It would take days, and he'd have to travel alone to the Sky Kingdom and the Mud Kingdom. I'm sorry, Sonny. I can't do it. I can't find a way back to you. His wings felt like glaciers, slow and heavy, dragging him down. As he followed Marsgear and the others to the cliff top in the driving rain, bare rocks scraped beneath his claws when he landed, and he bent forward, gasping for breath. Squid sprawled out flat on his back, groaning with pain. Orchard immediately began sniffing the rocks as if he hoped to startle at some prey. Flame was the only one, the only dragonet who wasn't breathing heavily. Star, Starfight looked up and caught Marcia starting the sea behind them again. He had a weird flash of intuition that made no sense. Is someone following us? He asked Marcia. That's none of your concern, Marcia answered. He spread his wings and pointed down the coast. Through the storm, Starfight could barely see the glow of firelight coming from a cave in the cliffside. What is that? Fatesbigger asked. The most remote outpost of the Skywing army, said Marcier. Their assignment is to guard against attacks from the north in case Queen Glacier ever decides to try this approach to the palace. There are no other dragons for miles. This is your test. They all stared at him, uncomprehending. What is? Starfight finally asked. The wind ripped his voice away. You want us to kill them? Viper guessed. She arched her poison's tail and flexed her claws. All of them? I don't want to, Squid whined. What if someone bites me? 
Shut up or I'll bite you, Flame said. He looked deeply rattled, as if he never expected to be killed, to ask to be killed members of his own tribe. Starfleet wondered suddenly where all their parents were, and whether these dragonettes dreamed of their home and family the way his friends had. No, you're not going to kill them, Marsier snapped. You're the dragonettes of the Great Prophecy, remember? Your test is to act like it. He pointed to the outpost. Go in there, tell the guards that you are the real prophesied dragonettes, and convince them to switch their alliances from burn to blister. In the shock silence that followed, a hurricane-forced wind came howling up and tried to throw them all off the cliff. Starfight dug in his talons and made himself as small as he could. Just convince them, Viper shouted as Marcier, at Marcier, raindrops flying as she shook her head. A bunch of strange skywings. So instead of killing them, we're going to be asked to. So instead of killing them, we're going to be a- asking them to kill us. I foresee that this is going to go really, really badly. Fate speaker yelled over the wind. Me too! Cried Orchid Orchard. Maybe I have special nightwing powers too. They're going to kill me! Squid shouted. Sea wings and sky wings are enemies. If you send me in there, I'm dead. Marcia's expression suggested that he wouldn't be terribly devastated by that. If you can't survive this, he rumbled, then you're all useless for the prophecy anyway. He pointed at Fate Speaker. You stay there. Stay here. We'll see how this, well, this one does this time. He flicked a claw at Starflight. Starflight wanted to melt into the rocks. He wanted to leaf off the cliff into the sea. He wondered how far he would get if he bolted from the mountain right now. Would the journey to the rainforest be any worse than walking into the Skyring guardhouse and announcing himself as one of the dragonettes Queen Scarlet had lost not long ago? Won't they just take us prisoner, he asked Marcier, and take us back to the Sky Palace? Not if you're convincing enough, Marcier said, baring his teeth. Now go! He shot a blast of fire at Squid, who barely leaped out of the way in time. I don't want to, Squid complained again, but Viper and Flame were already shoving him forward. Orchard trailed after them, and Starfight reluctantly brought up the rear. He glanced back once and saw Fate Speaker huddled into her wing, a small drenched shape behind the vast bulk of Marsier. He hoped his friends would welcome her as a new Nightwing when he was gone. I'm about to die, he thought, and I never got to tell Sunny I love her. I'm going to die without saving the world, without stopping the war, without ever doing one brave thing in my life.